and welcome to Wires from the Deep, a Silo Series podcast. Today is Sunday, July 2nd, 2023, and you're listening to episode 13, The Hue Will Surface. I'm your host, Crystal, here with my co-host, Kelly. Hey, everyone. So joining us once more is the author of the book Silo is Based On and newly elected president of the Juliet Nichols fan club, Hugh Howie. <laughs> hey, I didn't know I was, I didn't know I was president. Congratulations. Well, after your cameo, you know. <laughs> So how does it feel to have the whole season out there now? It feels great. Now I can um, not hear from people who are complaining they can't binge it. So <laughs> we've had the fun two months of people who enjoy weekly releases, and now the bingers can, can jump in. It must have been really hard to keep your mouth shut about everything, too. Uh, yeah, but now it's like I'm watching season two dailies, and I can't tell anybody <laughs> about that. So oh. there's always secrets to keep. It's, uh, it's torture. So, what was originally like ten years ago going to be a movie? Like now that you've seen the the season is like final form, are you happier it worked out this way as a show instead of a movie? Yeah, I'm thrilled because you know we films have a few months in the cinema, and if they're lucky, and you know now we we just had two months of like every Friday being a big event. and now we have like a year to wait, then we get a whole other season, and if we're lucky, we get couple more seasons so this is like just the gift that keeps on giving we got Mm. we have years of living in this world um and you know we got like eight hours of screen time instead of two if we were lucky so but you know if if a film would have been made with ridley scott and 20th century fox i would have loved that too um Mm. i'm not going to complain you know really fortunate that these books have had so much success and that they get to enjoy being adapted at all we were talking yesterday about how much more success um, book adaptations seem to have when you do sort of make them into a series and spread them over, you know, eight or ten episodes instead of trying to condense everything into, you know, a, a book, um, a movie-sized two-hour translation. And what do you, how do you feel about that? Do you think that that's true? I mean, it gets you so much more time to, like, dive into the world and go into things further and, you know. Yeah, I, so my um, I have a good friend, Josh Mallerman, who... Uh, had his book Bird Box turned into a, a big film. <laughs> I like and that. his book sales, you know, exploded from yeah. that adaptation um, and and kept selling well for a long time. So, yeah. but I, I can't imagine anything being better for book sales than what's happening right now. Just the amount of marketing that Apple has put into this. All three print books are right now in the top 50 on the Amazon bookstore, you know, over 10 years after release. That's insane. Um, I will tell you, I tried to get wool at the library, and there are 62 people ahead of me. Oh, my God. I'm not joking. At the Washington Who? County, six, 62 people. people. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, uh, good for them that they, <laughs> yeah. they do that well, instead of just I, like, I'm going to pirate yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. And, and it'll happen again when the second season comes out. And if we get more seasons, like, uh, it's just crazy to get this kind of a boost on something you worked on so long ago. Yeah, I, I agree with what you say about like once the movie comes out, it just has like a period where it just tapers off. Yeah, I'm but, um, and, and I'm actually kind of having a hard time imagining what it would be like as as just two hours after watching the show over the course of nine weeks. Um, it, wouldn't, it would be a completely different cause story. Because like, I, like, I, I watched Ender's Game last night with my son for the first time since like I think the DVD release. And so I watched it almost like with a renewed perspective and it just felt so truncated. You know, I, I think it was hard for me to see that before when we, when we were watching it, Kelly. But well, we were having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was so excited to see it get made at all, but you know, TV wasn't in the place it was yeah. back then. Yeah. If, I, I guarantee Ender's Game will get a TV adaptation. If they can make Harry Potter over like five years later, they can do Ender's Game. At yeah. Company, right? Yeah. So hopefully within our lifetime, but you know, it, it's crazy how like a lot of the Marvel stuff gets, because it's like remakes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, and Spider-Man's been done so many times. It's just wild to think that there'll probably be an Avengers film in 50 years. So tell us what it was like the first time you stepped on set. It was insane. Actually, I have video of it. I need to um, dig it out and upload it so people can see my reaction. The first time I visited, it was just like steel girders. You could see kind of the, the framework of the of the stairs and the landing. And then the next time I came back, they had all this concrete poured and a lot of it was finished. The amount of detail on that set, it's not just that it's huge. It's that like the entire outer wall of the staircase is like all these completely dressed and painted apartments on three different levels. And Were they in England? Is this in England? Yeah, it's north of north of London. And yeah, walking into I I think we I think any mega fan of the books who's you know been like living in this world for 10 years would have the same reaction but it's like walking into a, the theme park of your mind you know this thing only exists in your brain and then you're standing inside of it it just doesn't make any sense i feel that way just like about like when you read a book and then you experience something like that i can't imagine having like written it like what that would be like yeah i mean because me and kelly when we were on Ender's game we we're just like wowed and i can't imagine yeah if it was mm. yeah i think you know, it's funny. I I feel almost like I'm a fan of these stories rather than the creator of them. Sometimes, <laughs> like they've gotten so much bigger than my concept of myself as a writer that I feel like a tourist. I don't feel like um, like I'm in charge of this world for some reason. So was the staircase like a separate structure, and then they had different sets for all the outside stuff, or or was it like a whole thing? Or- I feel like no, you could all- you could build like two staircases and then just keep turning them toward like whatever you're filming. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's all uh, one big set. So the oh, spiral wow. staircase is in the middle, and then because the the landings are connected, you could walk you can walk on the ground floor, walk up some stairs, walk across a landing, walk a full circle oh. back on the stairs up to another landing and walk a full circle up there. Oh, that's, yeah. that's actually, wow. Yeah, it's enormous. <laughs> so for some of the, when Shay and I were just on set for season two, we were standing up on the third level on the rails because we were outside of the shot. We were watching, um, you know, this like crazy action scene complete with a big cube of cardboard boxes because people are going over the rails, you know, stunt people. And we're up on, we're inside the silo up on the third level, like looking down at the the action while they're shooting. So this, the set's big enough that you could be like on the set while they're shooting oh, and you're not so in, in the shot. Wow. Right. Funny story, we were over there and like I'm taking pictures and video, which is not allowed on <laughs> on set. And, and it's, the head of security comes up to me and is like, um, who are you people? Oh, and, busted by judicial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, they're like, you know, because like what department are we in? They, they didn't recognize us. And, uh, and I was like, I'm the idiot who wrote the books. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he found out like I was an executive producer and he was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> they, they just, I mean, we could have been, and the sets are big enough and there's enough people that we could have, like, been people who wandered off the street as reporters just getting, you know, mm-hmm. secret footage. So you, so you didn't have, like, a badge or something? I had a badge, but, you know, it was hard to see and, oh. and, and read. Like, everyone there has a has a badge, but 
no one's supposed to be whipping out a cell phone. Did you have your own chair? I do have a chair, but like no one cares whose chair <laughs> anyone's in. When you go on set, like a lot, there are a lot of chairs. So a lot of them have names on them and everyone's sitting in everyone else's chair, which I think is awesome. What about your cameo? Did you have any um, say in advance, like, you know, where they were going to put you or did you know? Did you feel that? Yeah, we talked about like what the options were. They're like, do you want to come and, you know, do this or do that? And I was like, you know, I'd I'd love to be a mechanic because I feel like they're the good guys. And, um, you know, if we can do the um, Juliet's cleaning, that'd be really cool. And one of the reasons I wanted to do that is because the screen is an actual screen. And, and I knew we would get to sit there and watch her cleaning oh, oh, okay. like while they were shooting it. And so I felt like, you know, I was really there for, for her going out to clean. Wow. So that actually looks like a really giant screen. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's not, a, it's not a green screen. It's, it's an actual monitor that's that big. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. I saw you answered on the AMA that, that, yeah, that they played the actual footage. So can you describe what it was like when you got, to, was that the first time you got to see that actual footage or? I'd seen the dailies of that, of that footage. Cause it was one of the very first things that we shot. Cause it's the only thing that required like an outdoor set. So they went and like dug the hole on a field and, and shot that bit of the, um, you know, the very last thing that you see on the TV show is like the very first day of shooting. But it wasn't um, color graded. It just looked like a person in a field. Mm. And so it looked much better, you know, when it was finished and on the screen. And they would keep playing it back. Like we, we watched her stumble on that hill like, you know, 20 times that day. So I want to thank you for glaring at Knox because I have been mad at him for a while now. So very angry. And, and, then, and then he made me even angrier when he turned Jules in, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I was really pissed at him. Also, I really like I really like him as an actor. So we were having a good time with each other that day. Just glaring Origi- at the back of his head. <laughs> yeah. Well, originally they didn't have they didn't have sleeves on me, and I'd been like you know staying pretty fit that summer, <laughs> and and the first time they did a shot, like he and I both have like no sleeves and like these <laughs> big guns. And uh, they came out after one take with a with a shirt. They're like, "Yeah, it's too much, too much arm." <laughs> and uh, he looked he looked over at me and he was like, uh, "It's in my contract, man. Like only one set of guns out when I'm on when I'm on the on the screen." I understand. <laughs> so we're giving each other a hard Maybe time. Maybe like flabby and mechanical though. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, too much sweating, too much hard work. For real. So tell us what it was like meeting Tim Robbins. I loved Tim. Um, we got to hang out a few different times um, uh, during season one. We walked around set, and like, what's cool about when when he and I are hanging out, like, we talk about anything other than like what we're working on professionally. We just—he's a very smart guy with a, with a huge range of interests. So you know, you'll talk politics and social issues, and and he's one of those people that prefers to like dive into deep topics and really get to know somebody rather than talk about the weather. Um, but just very easy to get along with. So he, he's not the type of actor who stays in character while he's on set or, or are you talking about like experience, like meeting with him, like offset and stuff? Like that? Yeah, both. But um, I, I don't think there are any method actors on set at all. Like people, um, it, it was really insane watching Rebecca do this because she had some really intense scenes. And as soon as they yelled cut, she's looking at like, one of the sound guys and was like, well, what did you do this weekend? And they're just <laughs> chatting and she's cracking people up and making jokes. And then they're like action. And she's like, 
back, back at it. In. And honestly, it just seems more, it does several things that I think are more productive than hearing these terrible method acting um, stories that you hear about some sets. Um, it keeps the keeps the vibes really light and happy. These are really long days and it keeps everybody's energy up. Um, but it also, uh, I think it also keeps her from being drained. Like mm-hmm. putting all this emotion into a scene, having to do that when you're not on camera and not getting a take seems like a waste of energy. Um, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I think method acting is just an excuse for some people to be like jerks. To Intense. If you're, a good, if you're a good actor, <laughs> why can't and you? dramatic. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of like Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio got an Academy Award basically for eating raw liver. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not acting. If you put me on, if you put a camera on me and have me eating raw liver, I'm going to retch too. Like that's Same. just someone eating raw liver. Like an actor would be able to eat like caviar and make you think it's the worst thing they've ever had. Sorry, Leo. I, I love Leo. He's a great actor, <laughs> but he didn't need to eat raw liver. You're, you're an actor, man. Like, show us your chops. I'm with you. I think it just went without an Oscar for so long that that people were just they would give it to him for anything. He could like read the phone book. Wait, what was his last one? Was it Gilbert Grape? This is his first one. Oh, this is first that was... one. Maybe was it Wall Street? Did he win for Wall Street? I can't remember. No. Um, no. He, oh, he's he's so prolific. What was he in recently? I don't know. I love Leo. I was in a cooking class with him once. He's a lot taller than Oh my than God. <laughs> I always think all actors must guy. be very short. And I think I'm just thinking of um, the Scientologist. What's his name? L. Ron Hubbard? Tom no, Cruise. She's, Tom she's Cruise. thinking of oh, Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Really? <laughs> I think said authors. Oh, sorry. No, actors. Yeah, a lot authors. of actors are very short. Mm-hmm. Actually, David Aloyo, who plays Holston, was so much shorter than I thought he'd be. Uh, he looks so we, imposing on screen. I'm five foot two, so I always like that in people. Oh, we're the same height. <laughs> yeah, my my wife's tall. She's a little taller than I am. Really? She loves, yeah, she loves talking down to me. <laughs> <laughs> so how tall is she compared to Tim Robbins? Because he's like six five or something, right? Well, yeah, she's shorter than he is. He, you know, we're, we're she and I are both about five ten. He he's he's a very tall guy, which worked really well in the TV show. A lot of readers were like mm. you know bernard's supposed to be like this short guy um can't remember who they there's that guy from billions that everyone thinks should have been uh should have played him but like an all-star it, casting now he works much better as a big guy because he's like this gentle giant until he turns on her and then there's not this feeling that she could overpower him anytime they're in a room together there's this feeling like He's dangerous, you know. He's and just I, physically imposing, yeah. <laughs> physically imposing, yeah. I think it works really well. And I noticed that his mayor's necklace is a lot bigger than the one on John's. Um, so I'm guessing it has to do with how big he is. Yeah, I, I feel like that necklace wasn't designed that great. Especially there's there are some scenes where he has to run. Uh, I think especially in season two, and um, it's just. Uh, jangly. <laughs> yeah, very jangly. Unwieldy. <laughs> it's unwieldy. Also, someone, I don't think this is true, but someone was like, there's 18. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I tried counting them. I was like, and they were like, whoever. I didn't see and I was like, there's no, no view of the back. So how do you know how many are in the back? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know. Like so cameos for next season. Are you going to try to sneak back in? You know, I don't know if I'll get back in time. Um, the I'm pretty busy for the next couple of months, and I think they'll wrap they'll be done. before too mm-hmm. long. No, I, I'd love to. Actually, I, I'd rather get my wife Shay a cameo because <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, she. I, 
she's the one who should be on screen. I've, I'm, I belong on podcasts and radio. So where where would she want to be? Because you, you wanted to be a mechanic. Where does she want to be? I haven't asked her, but I think she'd also want to be a mechanic. I mean, she's also she's, like five ten, and she could do it. Yeah, I would give she her. She could like, have her guns she out. Be, Nobody could I complain. Mean, I feel like she should be in like the next Conan movie. You know, she's just like <laughs> she's such a she's such a badass. She's she's got this goddess energy, but also she's just physically so powerful and it's got such a presence. Give her a, like a really long spear and let her, you know, be Conan psychic. <laughs> Amazon warrior. No, Xena warrior princess. I'm totally on Oh, board. yeah. They need to redo yeah. this. That was like my childhood lesbian show when I was 12. That was like my how I knew show. I really, let's get that back on air. I love that show. <laughs> Actually, was on, uh, I was on tour with her in, in Australia. You were not. Yeah, it was a real Did fun you see Lawless? Yeah. And um, uh, also, I, I'm so bad with names. Who Who is Knight Rider uh, in Baywatch? David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff, right. he was he was part of our entourage, and the guy oh who played Flash Gordon back in the day, like the old school Flash Gordon, who became my like gym buddy while we were spending a couple weeks touring around Australia. That's a fun group. Sorry, I'm still stuck on Lucy Lawless. <laughs> she, no, I, that's, I that's some goddess energy. Jeez. I can't believe that you you two are married by Jamie Lee Curtis. I was freaking out when I saw that picture on your blog. <laughs> that's I mean, a good one. There's, there's five other couples. It's not like it's that unusual. She's going around marrying everybody. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just, I love her. She's amazing. That, that wedding was crazy. Actually, uh, so Jewel sang at our wedding and she doesn't sing at weddings. Oh my God. <laughs> what is your life? <laughs> it's, it's so weird. <laughs> okay, so we have a bit of a silly question next. Um, this is from a Discord member today. They want to know how does the silo never run out of toilet paper? Do they use bidets or seashells or something they, else? They use the three shells. <laughs> I was wondering about the septic situation. Please enlighten us. Hey, hey, have you seen the theory about speaking about the three shells? Have you seen the theory that no one knows how the three shells work? I no. I saw something about how it's it was explained so once. If you watch people's reaction to it, the idea is that everyone is pretending like they're the like like no one knows how it works, but everyone's pretending that they know how it works because they're too embarrassed to ask. And people's facial reactions actually fit with this theory throughout the whole movie. It's really good. We're talking about um, Demolition Man for all you youngsters. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. You gotta go watch that movie. I kind of want to watch it again now that we're talking about this. I'm, I'm sorry, Kelly, I cut you off. What were you asking? No, no, no. I don't even remember. It's totally fine. Yeah, I'm stuck on the three shells now. I know. <laughs> so props and costumes that you that you contemplated taking or took or considered is there anything you think, just like really like to have from the set you want me to admit to things i stole from the no, set things <laughs> i contemplated stealing it is stealing? completely up to you what you admit to i i i took a um sheriff's badge there was a bunch of 3d printed plastic sheriff's badge badges do they um, open doors and locks uh yeah they do actually you just actually just, just wave it in right front in. of people's <laughs> keyholes and is, it, is it a generic in. one or does it have truth scratched on the back it's good question it's generic but i'm gonna scratch truth uh, on the back. um there are some metal ones that are incredible there's a warehouse full of props just for the show like it's massive and we were walking around it just daydreaming about all the stuff that we wanted to take out of there there's copies of the pack laying around um, I really want one of those pictures that they drew of John's. Those were, were really cute. This will yeah. all be up on like prop auction in five, ten years or something. Well, the 
people who work on the show are going to raid the heck out of that warehouse after the <laughs> final season. They, they're, they're admitting to me. Everybody already has like their names on stuff. So that's how those eBay auctions start coming up later. <laughs> exactly. So I've, we've seen you with the, the, the Ducky Pez. Is that one that you bought yourself or is that one that... Because like the one on, on the show, actually, where's... So Angela sent me one and I have my own, but mine has the name, the word Pez on the side, but the one on the show doesn't. So did, do you they, know if they made those? My and guess like is that they... It, like sand it off. They filled like it in or, or scraped it off. Yeah, because they probably couldn't get away with having the word on it. Hmm. Plus, it's got made in China on it. <laughs> yeah. All that other stuff. That would be really bad for people in the silo, right? <laughs> so you mentioned the pact. Um, so is that an actual paperback with like, it's full of like text that did, did people write all of yeah. these things for yeah. the show? Pippa Broadhurst, one of the um, lead designers who did a lot of the signage and a lot of that logo work, a lot of the fun stuff on the show. They were like, make a pact. And they thought that she was going to like Ipsum, you know, mm. you know, and just have a couple of pages. And she went home, and basically wrote uh, the next constitution. <laughs> like, there is so much detail in there. I feel like you could operate a silo with that book. It's funny because she came on Discord and she saw us picking apart all the high-res screenshots and like typing out all the text. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so glad I actually wrote something for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, But that's what's so crazy about the show is everyone in every department went way overboard. Like no one had to be doing as much detail work as they were doing. And the culmination of all that is just a bunch of people pouring, you know, their souls into this, to the set and to the, you know, the costumes and and everything and like i i'm so proud of the show for a lot of reasons but i think the the production um people really deserve some recognition and i don't dream of getting like nominations for awards though i know there'll be a push for that but i i think the production people definitely deserve some awards for how much if if, if the judges saw what went into the show guaranteed it would win for mm. for some kind of set design she must have been working really hard there are posters all over the silo right <laughs> We saw a lot and of posters in the background. So, and so many that didn't get used. It was one of my favorite things walking in her office because it's like propaganda. It's mm. like you walk in her office and all these, every, the whole walls are just covered. And and um, like one's like, don't be a drip. And it's got a faucet, you know, <laughs> dripping. And what's great because it was filmed outside of London. A lot of this is like kind of childhood cold war stuff and and then the old historical world war ii stuff like uh, you know the be calm carry on like there's a there's that vibe with a lot of the posters mm. and and it definitely has like this old british um and kind of influence on it so in the book um and i don't know how much of this is like weirdly spoilery but um in the book you find out well at least like in the short story the, the way that it was originally published you you learn fairly quickly um, sort of like, you know, what Holston sees in his helmet. And it was kept a secret so long on the show. Um, you know, some people put some things together, but was that a decision that you guys made early on? Yeah, the reason it's spoiled in the short story is because that was the whole story for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. And when I turned it into a novel, I didn't want to go back and try to rewrite right. that. And I actually think it works well to spoil that early. I think we could have done that in the show because I think a lot of viewers got a little distracted with like, answering yeah. that mystery yeah. and they were like angry that every episode didn't answer that 
And to me, it's like one of the least interesting mysteries of the show. Like there's, there, there's so much more interesting, like what's outside, but kind of consumed a lot of viewers. And I think a, a lot of book readers weren't so caught up in that. They were like, look, you know, we're worried about who's going to die next. And you're worried about yeah. like what the weather's like, like forget the weather. <laughs> like people are, people are getting thrown over the rails here. How are they going to, how are you going to stop the bad guys? Yeah. That was really surprising for me to see the reaction because I guess, yeah, like you said, just the fact that that is not answered in the show right in the first two episodes. And I just kept thinking, why are you complaining about learning about other people? The people are what matter, right? I mean, the characters are the people you care about, right? So Yeah, it was interesting for me having only read the short story because I knew what I knew. And then, you know, like the first two episodes sort of cover all that. And then it heads off like in this completely different direction that I didn't even know existed before. So I think I... I think what it shows is that it's a very vocal minority that want the wrong thing out of a show because the show did really well. Um, like it's when I last time I checked, it was still number one on all of Apple. It's like their biggest drama they've ever had. And they've tried to have other shows break out like this, you know, and they've had huge properties. The foundation has way more fans than the, than the silo books. But if you, if what, what, Crystal and I are both saying is that like the people are what's interesting. And by focusing on that, Apple made a show that had really broad reach and got a lot of people to tune in. And if they would have made a show that would have made the like lost fanatics kind of happy, they would have had a show that made them happy, but didn't do as well, I think. So I'd rather upset the, like, I'd rather upset the kind of like, what's the big mystery people than upset the like, there's no one interesting in the story, people. Yeah, because, I mean, like you mentioned Lost. Um, to me, there were two types of Lost fans. The people who just were so invested in the people and then the people who were just so invested in the island, right? And the people who were invested in the island were the people who were all pissed off at the end. But then people yeah. like me who were really just attached to the people and the stories, I love the ending of Lost. It's perfect for me. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm with you. I think... And I think the reason Lost was such a huge hit is they nailed both of those things. Like they had great mystery and, and amazing characters. Yeah. And they had characters that we have never really seen on TV before. before. Like um, Locke and Hurley mm-hmm. were completely unique characters. And, um, I, and I think that was like such a draw. And I think this show has like we're used to it because we read the books. But like Walker is such a unique character and really stands out and i think those kinds of people really hooked a lot of viewers yeah because I, I i recently rewatched the first season of lost and i was just like i hadn't watched this show in a really long time but it's really clear that it's character based right? character based so, for sure yeah so i felt the same way about silo you know it's like we we want to learn about these people and what drives them and to me that i really liked how they fleshed out juliet's you know, motivations, it was a little different than in the book in that she was so driven by her relationship with George and like trying to figure out what happened to him, right? Because she cared so much. And then I, I loved the expansion they did with her and her dad. That was so good. And the, the payoff with George and the video was so powerful. Like, I think people were um, wondering how this was going to pay off her obsession with George. And they didn't realize she was going to have this uh, you know, the confrontation with another one of his exes. 
And then um, not just the video with him, but realizing that her mom was was very similar to George. These two people that were taken from her both had a very similar mission. Uh, but the scenes with her and her dad, oh my gosh, they, they destroy me. Those are so powerful. And they, they raised that one on Father's Day weekend. <laughs> no, wasn't that perfect? It was. Yeah. <laughs> that was a happy coincidence. But uh, you mentioned George's video, and when I when I watched the finale the first time, when Bernard says, "I can do better than tell you," I was like, "Oh no, he's gonna show her!" And I was just dreading that when they went back upstairs, and when they finally showed it, and she's just like, she's just like shaking, right? Yeah, that was that was hard. (laughs) I loved Bernard's whole demeanor in the tenth episode. I thought was so fascinating, just. He was so in control of every scene that he was in with Juliet, you know, like un- uncuff her and he- he's going to walk her in, you know, to to the janitor's closet, knowing there's really nothing she can do. And the conversation before she went out to clean was so powerful. The only thing that I would have written in that I wish they we could have had, and I think I proposed this, was I thought Juliet needed a scene with Lucas in while she was in the jail cell but it was difficult to figure out how to pull that off with him being in the kind of trouble that he was in so you say that and you know we were talking about like why was that one scene of lucas you know in you know for people who haven't read the books and you have no idea what's going on like i felt like the only reason that one scene was included was to imply that we were going to be seeing him next season but probably wasn't just going to go spend 10 years in the mines mines. (laughs) so yeah maybe another scene would have been yeah i just I felt like the the connection, but I I mean I know how we're solving it, so I you know I can answer my own question. But as long as it's solved, oh yeah, it's good stuff, man. The oh, I wish I could tell you about the dailies, but the stuff that they've shot for season two is so good. So can you clear up this one thing because um, I I see this all the time. People don't understand why people clean. Um, people are so many people are so convinced that they go outside and they think if they wipe the camera, the green that the green will appear that they see. And nobody to, nobody thinks that. No cleaner has ever thought that. Yeah, and, no, and because people online because, think because, that. Yeah, people <laughs> online think that. But 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 it doesn't make sense to me, Kelly, because they they've spent their whole lives watching, watching cleaners go outside clean. and clean, and it doesn't turn green. <laughs> It doesn't turn it green, a but, it gets, the sepia but it gets a lot green. better. Yeah, it, The view is so much better. And for people who want everyone to see that the outside's a beautiful place, like leaving it covered in grime doesn't move them towards that ideal. So it's not going to show them what's there, but it's this, it's the motivation to show them that the world is better than they think it is. Okay. So there's been a lot of debate about the end of the season, like the ending shots. Um, but there's just one small bit that is really confusing for me and I don't know if how much you can say and if it happened during the editing process but was Bernard supposed to leave after he figured out Jules knew the helmet display was alive because that's when he leaves but I thought that the more important thing for him to learn was that she her suit worked that she wasn't no, dead I, doesn't doesn't he leave when he realizes she's not going to clean no, he, well, well, he, she he puts says, the badge down. Yeah, wait, he, wait. Leaves, he leaves after she doesn't clean and she goes. Yeah, after trips. she drops the, after she yeah. drops the wool. But he so, doesn't leave when he, no, after seeing her stand back up, she, he sees her. Um, that's not the important thing to him. Okay. Okay. Um, 
if you've read the books, you remember there's something in not the pack, but there's a different book. And there's something in it that tells you what to do if someone doesn't clean. And it's the worst thing imaginable. The way the system is set up is everyone cleans. And if someone doesn't clean, there's a problem. And that's, and and that's why it's very, it it needs to be clear that he leaves, not because she gets over the hill and not because Mm -hmm. her suit doesn't work. It's because she refused to clean. You can't have people seeing that. It's an act of disobedience in front of, it has nothing to do with Juliet. It's, it's, it's people are seeing someone do the impossible, okay. which is not clean. So he and leaves on the assumption that he just thinks she's going to die even if he leaves. So he doesn't need to see the rest kind of thing. Yeah. He's going to be allowed to find that out later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I really liked that he rushed to the server one. I, I wasn't sure that was going to get shown, but I love that it came in right at the last, <laughs> in the last few yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Season two, how long do we have to wait for that? Do you have any idea? You said it's almost done filming. I don't. Um, That's right. But I think it's, I, I, it, it can't be more than a year and a half. I think it'll be a, about a year because um, they've shot so much. I, I'm trying to remember when we wrapped. Well, you know what? We wrapped um, season one in June of last year. So it took less than a year to do all the posts and get it out. I think we'll probably be able to release them, you know, by the spring of next year. I'm really glad to hear that they're almost done filming. That's really exciting. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I would guess they're like 60%. Wow. Okay. So do you have any idea of where we might get casting news for season two? Because I know book readers are really looking forward to hearing about specific characters. Yeah. So, and I'll tell you, like, we nailed that casting, but it's not a big name. So it's not going to be like... Um, oh my God, that's so cool that Brad Pitt's growing a beard <laughs> to play this guy. Um, that would thrill me. Yeah. That's okay. People still want to look at pictures and headshots and analyze everything. It's, it's going to be a long wait. So, what else I are we going to do? <laughs> you know, right now, I mean, Apple is so smart about when they announce stuff. They just really have figured out like when to keep things close and when to release things. And Right now they're just riding high on the finale. You know, it's what it's Sunday. It's only been out like two days, so I imagine then I can have to start, um, you know, uh, releasing stuff for six months or so, and then they can start building up the hype for season two. I can't wait to see the trailer for season two. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. So, um, why is the duck pez illegal? The, why is the pet suspension illegal? Well, yeah. what, what what the heck is a duck? Yeah, it's, it's the duck. <laughs> There's no such thing as ducks. Um, yeah, just questions about, you know, like who made this thing? Like it's clear what was made in the silo. There, there's a whole bunch of everything. I think everyone's got very standard stuff. And, and relics are these kind of one-off things. And this is like a collective. Look at the logo. It's all, like all these people who are, um, you know, equidistant from the center and having like the only one of something is a problem. Well, where'd you get that? Who made it? Who did it belong to? Who are you going to give it to? It's not just not how it's supposed to be in the silo. How many Pez dispensers do you think Sims has in that closet? <laughs> one. <laughs> no, it looks like, it looks like... <laughs> we know the truth. It's his Pez collection. <laughs> yeah. Nothing but Pez in there. We're we're very anti Sims on this show, by the way. <laughs> we, because, but why? I think he's, I don't even I, know. I, we just it started out as this running joke that I love that he him. Was, 
We don't we don't hate him. He's just he's It's just... not clear to me that he's even a bad guy. Like Well, that's what I mean. He's like the worst bad guy ever if he is a bad guy because I always feel yeah, like he's one yeah. like he, he's we call him Slowpoke Sims. I'm sorry. Yeah, we call him Slowpoke Sims. He doesn't run slowpoke very fast. I, I think it's it's edited. He's like edited poorly. <laughs> he just seems to take forever to like you know, he's like running up three three levels to hit, save his family and yet I don't know, he takes forever to get there. <laughs> yeah, he's not as fast as Holston. Holston can book. Yeah. Although he does shove people. <laughs> yeah. I, I when, when I saw that I was like, I wonder how many times he had to shove that guy. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for the for the stunt people. They have to just take do so many takes. So the screen glitch, whenever um they had to restart the power for the generator and and the screen came back on and we saw like the blue and green sky for a second. Tell us about that. Was that like intentional? Were they setting something up for later, like for season two? There was just a lot of talk about that for a long time. Yeah, I had I had an answer to that in the AMA that I thought was quite good if I do say so myself. Let's hear um, it. The so the the idea was just to give a little uh, delight for viewers. And when I envisioned it, when, when we pitched this, I thought it was just going to be like a flicker, you know, a couple of frames. I think it was on too long. We should have trusted the, you know, pausers and the astute viewers. I also don't think it should have been the, the Carmody cleaning. It should have just mm. been a, a generic blue sky, green fields, even look exactly like what's out there, mm-hmm. uh, but different. But the only way I can think that that would be even piped into that system is that there was some cleaner or some hacker in the past who was trying to do, who found the video and was trying to do what Juliet did. They were trying to display it on the wall screens for everyone to see. And something about their program didn't work or they were stopped or it was a, it was a bug that was planted just for like some future event and the generator being cycled, like, you know, uh, triggered this like piece of malware that was planted by someone in the past. Um, it's that's the best like, and I just came up with it today to show people that <laughs> if you think there's a plot hole, like use your imagination and come up with a reason that it makes sense. I like that. Instead of just like if something doesn't make sense to you, saying like, "Well, that's a plot hole," like do something better with your time. If that's a plot hole, fill it. Right? Yeah, if there's a plot hole, fill it. Hmm. You, you, you can, I, as a writer, I know I can write myself out of any situation. <laughs> so, what, like, work on it. <laughs> do some, do some, do some of your own heavy lifting. Like that. You know, speaking of plot holes, one of the most aggravating things for me was after like three episodes, people were like, "Here's my list of plot holes," and I'm like, "Excuse so me, boring. we're so three boring. episodes in of a 10, 10 episode show. <laughs> Maybe you hole. just haven't been shown it yet." <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, what's great to me are when people when people list the plot holes, and I'm like, that is integral to the plot. Like, that <laughs> is like what, that's what the entire show is about. You know, every time someone's like, "Where are the elevators?" I'm like, "Exactly." Where are the elevators? <laughs> They're in the column in the staircase. <laughs> I'm not there for a reason. All right. So if you were told you had to leave now to move into the silo and you could only choose one episode to download before leaving, which episode would you choose? Which episode of the show would I take with me mm-hmm. if I was living in the silo? If you were being told that you're leaving right now to move into the silo, obviously your phone would be a relic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good question. I have I had so many weeks where after the episode, I was like, that's the best one yet. That's my favorite one. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of partial to episode two because uh, it's the piece that's missing from the book where Holston and Alice and uh, Juliet work together. 
Mm. There's a lot of great characters still alive and around in that episode. I feel like if I took anything later than that, I would miss, I wouldn't be able to tune in and spend time with John's or Marnes or Holston. So episode two and episode one is incredible. I think it's like one of the best pilots maybe ever made because we just, the cast was incredible. We had Morton at the helm, but we don't have much of Rebecca in it. So I think two or 10, but I think I'd be annoyed at seeing my cameo too many times. (laughs) Maybe your wife would like it though. Maybe she'd choose that episode. You guys would have to fight over which episode. (laughs) She'd have me. She gets the real thing. (laughs) <laughs> that's true without the gray shock that little gray shock they put in my hair was hilarious <laughs> oh they added that in we thought oh, yeah, that was like, just your it, hair it's like a piece of hair like it was like a little you know like a little patch of hair that they glued were they in. trying to disguise you <laughs> no i think it's just like there's two different people working on me and they're just having a good time like what else can we do they put they covered my arm in tattoos and then i ended up wearing long sleeves it's very stressful working in mechanical, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say, and they had a big scar on my neck. I had a whole oh, story wow. about what happened to me. Wow. Yeah. So actually, that brings me back to that. They don't. They never go into uh, Juliet's scar. Is that uh, something that got cut, or is that something that comes back later? Or I don't know. Mechanical's if we, hard. I can't remember if that's something we cover later. So I'm, I can't. I won't okay, comment. Okay. Okay. So this last question, <laughs> it's because so my 17 year old son. When he was five, he was in an iPad commercial. And the one, number one question people would ask me is, did you get a free iPad? And I was like, no. So do you get free, free Apple TV? <laughs> no, I pay for all that. Um, I, I have a feeling if I asked for anything, they would get, they'd be annoyed with me. I would lose all kinds of cachet. At this point, I'm not really sure. But I mean, I am surprised when they see me walking around set with an Android that no one wants to like correct, <laughs> correct that. <laughs> I did get a nice birthday present from them last week, and I thought that was really sweet. So, What did they send and you? They don't have to do anything for me. They made an amazing season of TV based on uh, one of my books. I'm, I'm in their debt forever. That's sweet of you. They're going to like that. I can't believe you have a 15-year-old child. They're 17, right? Well, my oldest is 19, actually. That's incredible. Okay. I mean, that was all our questions. Do you have anything yeah, else? Yeah, no, I think this is good. We, oh. this is good. Oh. Actually, you know, I have one more thing. I'm very embarrassed about this, but we had you play pop quiz jerk face. One of my answers was wrong. (laughs) This should be embarrassing for you. Yeah, it was the Hush Puppies one. I was going back to go look at something else and I was like, Did he get it right though? And we told him it was wrong. No, there was no answer. So I have a makeup question if you're up for it. (laughs) There was, oh, they don't say in the show how many there were? Okay, so what it was was he says a tin of Hush Puppies. And I thought he said a dozen. So I missed a tin. Yes. So, yeah, very so he eats all but one, I guess is the answer. But I mean, to be fair, when Jules has her tin of hush puppies in her jail cell, it does look like it does it. So, but yeah, I have one makeup question if you want to do it. <laughs> oh, fine. I'll be a jerk face twice. <laughs> How many years did Sims's wife work as a raider? Oh, my God. Seven. No, it was 12. 12? <laughs> ah, same answer. That's me. <laughs> I was trying to come up and I was like, oh my God, I should do this one because it's 12. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Um, thank you so much for joining us. It was really fun chatting with you. My pleasure. You might yeah, want to hit record. Record. <laughs> it says I was it's thinking, like, at least it wasn't like this episode. Yeah. Right? 
No, it was worse because it was an hour and 40. I would have done, I would have recorded over again. It was so long. We're going to record in about (laughs) five minutes with with them also again. We had, we had, uh, we had Peter and Angela and Will Swartzham. So, oh, sweet. Peter, Peter Cauldron. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't see his Yeah, he's amazing. All right. Well, tell them all I said hello. Thanks for coming on and congratulations. And I look forward to it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks Thanks so much. All right. Good to see you. Thank you. All right. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Hugh, but just a quick note that a portion of this podcast was edited out for spoilers. But if you're a book reader or you don't mind spoilers, head on over to YouTube and search for At The Down Deep, No Spaces, and you'll be able to listen to the spoiler outtake. While there, please be sure to subscribe to us. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Wires From The Deep. If you're enjoying our podcast, tell other Silo fans that they can find us at wiresfromthedeep.com and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice. Join the Down Deep Discord by going to thedowndeep.net and following the invite link to join discussions with other fans. If you want to contact me and Kelly, you can leave a message on Podbean or on one of our YouTube videos, or you can email us at crystal at thedowndeep.net. And to all of our listeners in the U.S., happy Freedom Day. Bye. Bye, everyone. Wires from the Deep is brought to you by Pico's House. If you have a manuscript that you're looking to develop, fine-tune, or polish for self-publication or submission to agents and publishers, Pico's House offers comprehensive editorial services for fiction authors such as alpha and beta reading, developmental editing and manuscript critiques, line and copy editing, and proofreading and formatting. The team at Pico's House helps hundreds of authors each year and specializes in science fiction, fantasy, middle grade, and thrillers. To find out more, go to picoshouse.com, P-I-K-K-O-S-H-O-U-S-E.com. Please mention that you heard about Pico's House on Wires from the Deep.